stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Brynick, and this week I'm going solo again from my dining room here in downtown Chicago to discuss how you can take back at least some control of your investing decisions right now during the craziness of the corona crisis. And as always, I'll be discussing some stocks investors should consider maybe nibbling on right now as a way to kind of get back some of that control. So I'm sure a lot of people are reading a lot while they're working from home or just stuck inside right now. And I saw an interesting article on New York Magazine Com. It's newyorkmag.com is their actual website. And it was by Josh Barrow, B-A-R-R-O. And it's titled, How a Riskier World Has Me Rethinking Investment Risk. And of course, immediately when I saw the title, I was like, ooh, this is something about you know investing, obviously, which you don't see every day on um, the New York Magazine site. And so, you know, my antenna went up and I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And the article is very interesting and it goes to what I wanted to discuss today. So in the article, um, he starts immediately talking about how he owns stock mutual funds and he takes money out and, uh, you know, whenever he's got some extra cash and he puts it into low fee stock index funds. And we've talked about this on the podcast too, as a way to just do general investing. There's nothing wrong with buying Vanguard's low fee funds like the S&P 500 fund. That one is ticker VOO. This is a good method to slowly be buying some stocks here, especially on the downturn. It doesn't take any genius level knowledge. You're just buying the entire index. And I actually own the VOO in, in my own personal fund because it's so easy and it gives me that broad index. So nothing wrong with doing that. And we've talked about it. And he even says in the article that he believes in set it and forget it. And there's nothing wrong with that either. So then what happened a week and a half ago, he decided to sell a third of the funds during the market panic. He just kind of freaked out, decided to sell only a third. He didn't sell at all, but he he did sell a third. Now, he claims in the article that he's not market timing, that he's not making a bet on where the Dow will be a year from now or five years from now or any of that. He only was making a bet that the coronavirus will have an impact on the U.S. economy and companies, and no one yet knows how much that will be. And um, he actually never tells us how old he is either, because I read through the article twice to try to gauge, like, is he near retirement? What, you know, did that make him get a little more crazy? But he says that he is not at or near retirement age. So I don't know what that means. Is he a Gen Xer? Is he like 40 um, or even older millennial in his late 30s? Maybe but he did say he wanted to limit his risk to the US economy because that's where his job is also tied to. Um, as we all know, a lot of people are um, you know, getting laid off right now and otherwise are, might be looking at some layoffs. So 
he wanted to get out of investing in things that are also where his wealth can be hit. And so that was by limiting any connection to corporate America, basically, in his investments and retirement accounts. Now, Mr. Barrow is taking a broader approach to diversification than what I've talked about here on the podcast in the past. Remember all the advice to never have a huge chunk of your portfolio in your own company stock? That was mainly happening during 2008, 2009, when a lot of people owned bank stocks and they worked at the banks and then the banks went bankrupt. And so not only did you lose your job, but you also lost you know, a lot of wealth wrapped up in that stock in a retirement account or, or any kind of account. And so um, we also saw that with Enron, a lot of the Enron workers owned their own company stock because it had been soaring and they were paid like special bonuses and given incentives through the stock. So some had you know, 10%, 20% of the retirement portfolios in Enron stock, then it went under, then they got laid off. So everything is pummeled and um, you know they're in a really bad place. So it was deemed too risky and everybody was warned, don't do this, never have more than say 5% of your company stock in your portfolio, even that might be too high. But he's taking it a step further and literally saying, I don't wanna even have any exposure to corporate America or the economy because my job could be at risk with this downturn as well. So he does go on to say he was preserving his assets by selling, and that's basically in case he needs it. Um, But then he went on to use the cash to buy bond funds. And then those got pummeled last week as well, (laughs) along with everything, even gold was down. In these kinds of sell-offs, basically everything gets sold off um, as people try to just preserve cash. And that's what he um, admitted after he talked with some market experts in the article that, um, yeah, everything was getting sold off and maybe that was a bad move to go into the bonds. Um, But then he admits at the end of the article that why he really sold a third and moved into cash and then into bonds was to try to basically, he says, assert control, and he does use control over some kind of risk in a world that has become more scary. And I think we can all relate to that. And he was really recognizing that that's really the emotions behind his behavior. Um, And it wasn't it really wasn't about trying to time the market, but it was trying to um, basically, as he says, have some control over something in his life. And that was able to be recognized and done through his stock investing accounts. Uh, But we all have this right now where the emotions are driving our investing behavior. We all have stress, anxiety. Some of you maybe have lost your jobs. You might be on the verge of losing it if you work in service industry. Um, you maybe you're wondering if you still might not get laid off in April, as a lot of companies have said they are paying employees through the end of March, and you don't know if that's going to continue or if you'll still be out of a job into April. 
So there's nothing wrong with freeing up some cash if you think you may need it, obviously. Congress is looking to waive some of the early 401k withdrawal penalties. I've seen that in some of the plans. Not sure if that's going to be in the final package, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have something in there. And some of the caps I saw, you could take it out penalty-free up to $100,000 so that people can tap their 401ks if they need emergency cash right now. Because remember, cash is king. That's uh, what's giving you some financial independence right now. And it can give you a sense of control when everything else around you is uncertain and scary. So nibbling into a few stocks here could also give you a sense of control in a strange way because you're basically taking some action. You're making a statement that that business is going to survive, that you believe in them, that they're gonna weather this storm. You've been watching the market selling off. That has given you anxiety and stress as well, but buying in can also give you back some of that sense of control. And even if it's not the bottom, because as I've said in other podcasts, no one's going to time the bottom right. But you know when you're getting a deal on something or you're getting in just at a good level, makes you feel good, um, helps to get stocks on sale, right? So nibbling can give you that sense of control. Now, um, who will be able to weather the storm? That's another separate question. And last week on the podcast, I talked about some businesses that'll likely remain in business. And one of those was Twitter, which you know obviously doesn't own any hotels or cruise ships. It's not the airlines. It doesn't have any hard assets, really. It has employees and it runs this website, but um, it doesn't have much else going on overhead-wise. But they even, since that podcast, have now withdrawn their first quarter guidance because advertising is starting to get hit, and that's obviously where they make their revenue. And advertising, by the way, is always the first thing to get cut as we go into a recession. It's always something that I watch um, to see what's going on with it as a signal of a recession, because for most companies, that's the first thing that you can legitimately and easily eliminate to save money. You don't have to put that Twitter campaign out there about uh, you know whatever it is you're campaigning for on there versus keeping some employees or you know other things that could take priority. You can eliminate that Twitter campaign. So that's what Twitter is seeing. It is seeing everybody saying, hey, I don't need to put out this uh, ad right now. I can wait until things are better and more certain. So um, that's just a little tidbit, like watch what happens with advertising. Other internet companies also are going to get hit by the advertising. Uh, Facebook, which on Facebook itself, also on Instagram and Google, obviously Google ads are going to get hit as well. So keep that in mind. Um, but uh, also a lot of businesses are going to see, obviously, the warning on the revenue. We're going to see the withdrawal of guidance. Um, and then we're going to see what really happens as these earnings reports start coming in. But who can withstand that hit to the revenue and wait for the rebound? That's uh, what a lot of people want to know, right? Where should they be going? What could be kind of safe, but nothing is really safe, right? I got asked a question from a listener the other day from the other podcast about a couple of stocks. 
and he was asking about Pepsi or Coke and which one. And, you know, that's up to all the investors to decide after they've done their research on what is management like, what does the balance sheet look like, what's happening in the business. But what I can tell you on Pepsi and Coke, let's start with Pepsi. So it's PepsiCo, P-E-P is the ticker there. They're a number three rank right now, but the rank is about to get blown blown out, <laughs> thrown out. But right now that's a hold on the Zach's rank. PE is now 18 and the dividend yield is 3.6%. Now they've been announced that they're hiring. They're hiring 6,000 people in the US because they have that big food business. And yes, we're all buying potato chips and comfort food right now, in addition to drinks. So they're hiring 6,000 people, that's a good sign, but I'm sure there's other impacts that are on the negative side in certain parts of their business, especially globally. So keep that in mind with them. And then Coca-Cola, KO is the ticker there. They're also a rank three. PE is 17.3 right now. And dividend is 4.4%. But they're suspending production in India as India is now going on almost a complete lockdown. And actually they own the Costa coffee chain in the UK and that has been closed over there. So again, know the business, know what they own. I'm sure there's, again, other divisions and issues and things going on that um, you really have to dig in and see, but these big global companies are gonna be impacted because they're global, but they also uh, have a lot of firepower behind the business. So those are a couple of just the uh, drink makers and products. And then switching over to some of the restaurant stocks, McDonald's, MCD. I still like McDonald's here. Uh, They didn't see much impact from the China shutdown because that was franchises over there. But in the US, they do have some corporate owned stores here. So they are gonna see some hit. They are still doing takeout and drive-through at a lot of McDonald's, but for how long that remains to be seen. Um, All the stores are closed now in the UK and Ireland, and I'm sure in several other European countries. So, but there's still McDonald's, right? PE is now 16, dividend yield 3.7%. Shares are volatile. They'll go up on the big days and down uh, on the other days, but still down 19% year to date, even though we're seeing a big one day rally here while I'm recording this on March 24th. So still down um, in close to bear market territory, even with the rebound here. Oh, it's the Zacks rank two as well, which is the buy. Starbucks, what about them? Ticker SBUX, I actually own Starbucks in my own personal portfolio. Are they one of the ones best able to handle the closures? The Starbucks CEO was just on CNBC and he's been talking to a lot of the media in the recent weeks because they've dealt with this over in China. They had a complete shutdown over there, but now 90% of their stores are back open, just starting to roll out the openings in Wuhan, which was the worst hit. So basically they already know the drill. They know what happens to their stores when they get shut down. They know the type of financial hit it takes and they know so far how long it takes to reopen. So they have a plan in place, unlike a lot of other businesses who really have no idea what what they're about to face, but Starbucks does. So I like that. I like having maybe some certainty 
They're still seeing pretty dramatic drop in sales in China, even with the stores reopening. That's going to take some time, but they know and have said we're talking about two quarters of a hit here to revenue and earnings, and then hopefully they're coming out of it. So there's X number three hold right now. The PE is only down to 20 times, so they got pretty expensive here in recent years. Still down 25% the shares, even with the big move we're seeing in this rebound day, turnaround Tuesday, and dividend yield 2.9%. So uh, might be one to keep on your list there too. And then um, another one you might not be really thinking about uh, is a company like Sony, ticker SNE. I've talked about them a lot on the Value Investor podcast because their PE right now is still just 12.6 times. But they've been cheap even uh, even until recently. And now with the sell-off, they're down 17% year to date. But they have PlayStation 5 coming. And people are right now gaming, gaming up a storm even. Microsoft said Xbox was like the holiday season right now because everyone is gaming. And Sony's also got some movies. They're rolling those out. You can buy on demand the Jumanji sequel and a couple others. So that's helpful. They also have the largest music catalog or among the top three largest. So don't know how uh, much music is being downloaded right now. Everybody's inside, but that could be seeing a surge here too. So Sony, I like them a lot. S-N-E. They um, pay a dividend, but it's very small, 0.5%. They um, also not widely followed because they're a Japanese company. And so um, not a lot of analysts on them. So they kind of stay hidden here. They're a um, big conglomerate, though. So I like those here. And they um, are going to be conservative here with what's going on everywhere. So Take a look at some of these large caps. Make sure you're checking out balance sheets. And really, my advice is to try to take control, at least in one area of your life, through investing. Everything else may be up in the air, but those of us who like to invest, we have this still. And one other little reminder, if you can't sleep at night because of what your investments are doing, it's okay to be in cash. Cash is still king, and you should never be invested in something that keeps you awake, no matter what it is. So try to be uh, mindful of that and keep your own mental health um, in check as much as possible, obviously, too. Oh, another thing with um, Starbucks, actually, is that the um, coffee beans are having some issues now. This is something that a lot of people might not be thinking about either, is the supply chain for all of these country, or companies, um, just even getting the beef to stores and, and things like that. But the uh, era, um, the beans are at their highest price since January right now because a lot of the supply chain is apparently being disrupted in places like Colombia and Honduras as those countries are going into coronavirus lockdown. Now in Colombia, the federal government there considered agriculture to be essential, but some mayors apparently, according to Bloomberg, are saying that the workers cannot go work and they're telling them no. So that is putting a supply chain issue on the beans. That means a lot of coffee 
places and that need the beans are ordering as much as they can right now, pushing up the price, limiting inventories. So that's just one of the things going on out there that all these companies are going to have to be dealing with. But uh, start nibbling, look around for opportunities. Don't try to choose the bottom and try to take back a little bit of control. I do think it will make you feel better. And um, Josh Barrow said it made him feel better to sell that third, even though he went into the bonds where he got pummeled. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Sorry, Josh. Um, uh, it does stink. But uh, yeah, if that's making you feel better, good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm getting all my, my pages all set here because I wanted to give a list of the stocks I talked about today. So I did talk about the Vanguard uh, S&P 500 index fund. It's a low fee. I like it. I have some uh, ownership in, in it. I put money in it. It's VOO if you just want an index. Uh, we talked about Twitter because I covered them last week, and now they've withdrawn guidance. So some issues going on there with the advertising TWTR. Then uh, the five stacks. PepsiCo is P-E-P, Coca-Cola is K-O, McDonald's, M-C-D, Starbucks, S-B-U-X, and Sony, S-N-E. I own Sony in the Value Investor, and we've held on to it over there. And I own Starbucks in my own portfolio. I did own McDonald's in the Insider Trader, but we had to get out of that. Um, but it, I'll be watching to see if any insiders buying into McDonald's after they report earnings coming up in a couple of weeks. But um, reminder to always look at all the financials and do some research on the companies you invest in. But I am struck by the list of the five here that most of these companies have been around 30, 40, 50 years or more. So pretty experienced and I like that right now. So keep that in mind, too. And remember, you don't want to miss a single episode from my dining room. Um, I'm bringing it to you every week here during the crisis and beyond. So subscribe. We are on SoundCloud. And we are also on Apple Podcasts. And we're on Spotify and wherever else you can get podcasts. But be sure to get us every week. And I'll be back again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's Investment Research as a whole.